You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, May 17th. As always, I'm your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You might be familiar with some of my more baseball-related work at places like Baseball, FYI, Fires on Base, or Off the Bench Baseball, or my pop culture entertainment beat of things at places like Nerdist, Mental Floss, Inverse, Bloody Disgusting, Film Cred, and more, and hopefully many more to come. But of this year, Locked on Padres podcast, though, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno, and that's spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you feel so inclined, please hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns you might have, and I'd love to get back to you and maybe even get back to you here on the show Today's show, by the way, is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. And today's show is not a super overly complicated one or anything like that, but it is certainly an important one because we are going to be going over giving my takeaways from this this really uh, lovely Cardinal series that we retreated to over this weekend. A sweep! of the St. Louis Cardinals. I did not expect it, and there was definitely a lot to take away from it, so we're going to talk about that, and it's going to be very, very fun, guys. And before we get into the actual specifics of the games, I wanted to answer a little bit of a question I got via the Apple Podcast Review section. Remember, guys, if you send me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and put in the little review description, I guarantee you, it is a guarantee that we'll talk about on the show, and this is a little bit of a, a general type of question Coming from username F the SJWs, odd uh, Apple username there, my guy. Uh, whatever, I'll leave it at that. Curious uh, to what your thoughts on that are. Uh, he said, "Staying faithful with the funny little tongue emoji. Love the show. Since we got nailed with COVID, I was hoping you could go over the rules. Does getting sent to the aisle due to contact tracing mean you have to sit out ten full days? I'm sure Tatis and Myers will have to sit out the full length. But what about Hosmer and Profar?" Well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. I'm glad you enjoyed the show. And thank you for the staying faithful uh, little tag at the beginning there. That was very much appreciated because I always say that. It's what you got to be. This series was living proof that you need to stay faithful with the team because I was not expecting this to happen. I doubt too many Padres fans were, to be honest with you. So when it comes to Tatis and Myers, basically when you test positive, you have to wait 10 days. It depends on whether or not you're fully vaccinated. I don't know about Tatis and Myers. I don't know about... Anyone on the team, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, but basically, since we don't know that, under league rules, the two of them, uh, meaning Tatis and Myers, have to isolate for 10 days and then test negative for the virus twice. If they, As long as that happens, then they're going to come back. According to what I saw and what was reported is that Tatis was feeling good, which is... You know, a good sign that it's not like a super uh, bad case. So hopefully he tests negative twice and can come back quickly. But still, I would not expect him until maybe the end of the week um, at the kind of earliest I'd expect for those two. And then in terms of Hosmer, Profar, and Mateo, they have to quarantine for at least seven days. So depending on what happens there, it's one of those things where you just have to wait a little bit. But uh, Hosmer, Profar, and Mateo, I would imagine uh, you should definitely expect them to come back soon, assuming they don't test positive again, like I just said. So... 
Hopefully that answers your question, my guy. And it's an important question that actually segues perfectly into this series. Yes, that's right. Perfect timing indeed. With all these COVID positive tests and all the contract tracing stuff, the Piders were a little bit shorthanded heading to the series. And on Friday's episode, I talked about expecting, you know, maybe a one game win that they might get the game with Weathers on Sunday night. Uh, as in yesterday's game might be the one that they're able to take away from them. But Cardinals have been playing some good ball lately. Really up and down that lineup, it's just a lot of good players there, man. With Tommy Edmond, who's just a hitting machine, is one of the NL leaders in total hits uh, across the season so far. Dylan Carlson seems like the easy frontrunner for the Rookie of the Year uh, so far right now. He's been great. Paul Goldschmidt, that's right, Mr. Goldie himself, who has terrorized the Padres for years. He's now with the Cardinals. Obviously, this is breaking news or anything. He's been there for a couple years now. But uh, he's been having a really good season so far in his own way and looks pretty sharp at the plate. And Noah Arenado, who killed us this weekend, by the way. Homering in all three games, driving in some runs, including a double he had at one point. Uh, yeah. Arenado really starting to catch fire for them. He's been one of the hottest hitters in May. And then Yadier Molina, speaking of hottest hitters, he's been like out of nowhere, kind of unexpectedly drinking for the fountain of youth, apparently. He's been that good so far for the Cardinals. So I was very surprised by that. Top that off with just a really great bullpen. Uh, I was not expecting the Pirates to come out the way they did. And that's just a great example, by the way, guys, of why you don't bet necessarily on individual baseball games. It's hard to make predictions and whatnot because all the numbers and reasoning for why a team should lose a series are always there. It makes sense that this would be a series that the Pirates drop. But instead, it's the first team that they've swept in a series since the Rangers back in April 9th, 10th, and 11th. Uh, those games that saw the Musgrove no-hitter, of course. Uh, so who would have thought that, that we would get our next sweep against them? If anything, people were expecting Colorado, and that didn't happen. So really just crazy. Um, and yeah, that's my big takeaway from this weekend. If there was a general takeaway, it's just that, remember one, baseball's very hard to predict, and two, the Padres are so, so, so deep. This is such a deep team. Even guys like O'Grady and Tukapita Marcano and Hassan Kim stepping up a little bit this weekend. Hassan Kim especially, who looks like a gold glove guy at shortstop right now. He's been amazing. I know he had a little bit of a mistake the other day uh, on Sunday, but still, he's been awesome. If only he can get that bat going. And then you still got stars like Trent Grisham, who, by the way has been one of the most productive outfielders in the division this season so far. He's got a 301 average with a 381 on base, slugging a 488. He's got five homers in there, and he's been just awesome. Even seven steals for all my uh, stolen base guys. Actually, funny, there's an article in The Athletic the other day talking about how stolen bases are actually happening at a greater frequency right now, at least a better success frequency, so success rate, I should say. Uh, been very. That's a very interesting piece. I remember, recommend go check that out. Um, but Grisham, I think that Grisham, I think at minimum, this is a 260, 360 type of guy. I really, really, really do. I think at minimum, that's what to expect. Maybe 260, 350 almost, but uh, around there, I think at minimum. I think he's improved at the plate. I think that he's going to cut down the strikeout rate a little bit, and he's just got a great eye. He even gets robbed every now and then. There was a bad strike call, uh, strike three call against him actually on the Sunday game that I didn't like, but still, he's really, really good, and the most underrated player, uh, could I even say, in the NL? No, I don't think he's the most underrated player in the NL, but he's definitely, he just gets so overlooked because of how many stars are already on this Padres team. Also, got a great performance from Joe Musgrove, who I'm telling you guys, do not be concerned about him. Even though he hasn't been as invincible as his early starts in the season, that does not mean he's weakened or that he's lesser or that he's actually, he's he was performing over his head. No, Joe Musgrove is still showing a lot of really good stuff, and he's your number three. 
You're not necessarily expecting ace quality stuff out of your number three every time. Concerns about Blake Snell? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think Blake Snell, by the way, huge start against the Rockies upcoming. I need to see something before my concern meter keeps rising and rising. But yeah, Musgrove only gave up one run. He did walk out four in the Friday game, but still only one run. So like I said, don't be concerned there. Craig Stammen, speaking of depth, low key, by the way, Craig Stammen, who everybody hates, 1.88 ERA so far. That's lower than guys like Amelia Pagan and Austin Adams. Just saying, just throwing it out there. And it's probably going to get bloated at some point, but I'm just saying. It just goes to show you how deep this team is. And speaking of deep and sometimes complicated guys, you know what's really complicated? Investing. Seriously, I never have any idea what I'm doing, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 million of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash MLB. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, remember, for life, go to wealthfront.com slash MLB. That's wealthfront, W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash MLB to start growing your savings and get started started today and now guys let me just quickly talk to you about one of my favorite apps that i've discovered in the last two months or so it is locker room everybody locker room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans the app is free to download once you're in you can talk with me other fans athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport i will be hosting rooms for lockdown padres once a week yes that's right you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here on this podcast every day There's post-game breakdowns on there, watch parties, debates, and of course, reacting to the big news or rumors. If we get another Padres no-hitter in there, of course, you bet your butt that I'll be live on Locker Room at some point. Be sure to join me this week, probably on Friday, probably on Friday, uh, for whatever time the Padres game is, which is... 10 10 p.m. So around then I'm thinking of going live. We'll see because it is a little bit late of a start time, but I'll keep you updated on that, guys. Go download the free locker room app right now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the MLB group for the latest league updates. Follow me at Javier Reyes, which is J-A-V-I-E-R-R-E-Y-E-S to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. Locker room changing the way we talk sports. And now, guys, let's talk about the second major takeaway. I basically talked kind of in general about how the Padres have an obscene amount of depth, and it was a really great performance. Well, let's talk about a couple of things. First, just wanted to give a shout-out to Tommy Pham, the former Warlock who still has yet to acclaim, uh, reclaim his Warlock status. It's not been uh, very good so far this season. Hit his first home run of the season, absolutely crushed it. The Padres, in general, crushed Adam Wainwright in Saturday's game. Obviously, they had to bring in Matt Carpenter at one point. It was a really, really bad performance for the Cardinals pitching, but also a great one for the Padres hitting. They won 13-3, to and Tommy Pham hits his first home run of the year. Austin Nola hits his first home run of the year that was really great 
a six RBI game for him on Saturday. That was awesome. And with Fam, so far this month, he's batting 221, 221, 229 with a 364 on base, slugging at 314, which is a bad sign. Guys, I'm telling you, this guy might only hit like 11, 10, maybe 10, 11 home runs. Uh, hey, he might even hit lower than that. Um, so the slugging is, I think that that's. Let's just say that's the thing that I don't I don't have confidence in that going up. But still, the on-base skills, he still really has a good eye at the plate. So I'm hopeful that he's going to be able to start turning around and be a more productive at-bat at the bottom of the lineup. And, you know, hopefully if he can return to what he used to be, maybe even, you know, batting him a little bit higher up sometimes if you just need an on-base guy, that could be potentially interesting. But so far, decent for him. Love to see that. But the more important thing, basically Saturday was just a wipeout. You know, it was just, it was just a wipeout. Love to see it. But the bigger thing that happened was Denelson Lamette. Denelson friggin' Lamette. He comes in for Sunday's game after Ryan Weathers was the starter for Sunday's game. He was the starter, and he was pretty good for the most part, although did get a little bit hit up at one point early on in the game with the Nolan Arenado home run, and thankfully, if not for an incredible grab by uh, Trent Grisham in the outfield, he was, you know, not really wiping people out. He went four innings, allowing two runs on four hits, no walks, which is good, but no strikeouts, and then Denelson Lamette comes in. First ever bullpen relief outing for him in his career so far. He goes two innings, giving up one run on two hits, walking two and striking out two. Not too awful, not too awful. He did start throwing the slider with a little bit more, you know, ferocity, dare I say. And more importantly, the velocity for some of his pitches was a bit back. That was really encouraging to see. But man, what a weird type of thing. To Nelson Limit coming out of the bullpen. Here's a quote from Jace Tingler. As you all know, manager of the San Diego Padres. Uh, we're trying to look big picture. What's the best way to keep him healthy and pitching throughout the year? Jay Singler said, we'll see how he responds. The next one could be out of the pen, could be a start. We don't have the exact answer. Is it best to keep building up and have five days in between? Or is it best to lighten the volume and get more frequent touches on the mound? We'll see how this one feels, end quote. Very interesting. So they're basically theorizing that it's better to have Lamette instead of having him go full force, allegedly full force, because I don't even know what that means, because it's not like in his last two addings he's necessarily gone at full force. Um, it's just instead have him go full force, have him be able to use uh, more of his pitches at a better frequency and just be more looking like the Denelson Met we all know and love every like few games versus having him start a game. And I don't... I don't know, and look, I think that at this point, look, I've already said I've had the alarm system on for Denelson the Met ever since that his velocity was dead. They put him in only for two innings and all that stuff, so I'm hoping this works, but guys, like, I don't know how many times I have to say it. I don't know what to expect anymore. If the Padres really think that this is going to be the right step to eventually bringing Lamette to being a full-time starter, sure, but... It also means that that might be the type... We don't know exactly when they plan on having him maybe be a f potential full-time starter because they could be just wanting him up to be a starter for the postseason depending on how things turn out. And in fairness to the Padres, it's not like they're dying for starting pitching right now. With Darvish being great, with Musgrove being one of the breakouts this year so far, with Ryan Weathers being one of the breakouts for the team so far, and hopefully with Snell, hopefully, like I said, he should get better as time goes on or at least be better than what he's been so far, then it's like understandable for them not to rush this plus they've got gore in the pipeline there's still other things that they can do and mix and match that I can understand them being a little almost weird about Lament and just kind of trying something different because clearly uh, they didn't want to go the route of Tommy John surgery they wanted to try this rehab 
therapy, whatever the heck you want to call it. Um, and so far, it hasn't worked out super, super well. I'm just hoping that at some point we can get back to seeing him throw that nasty wipeout slider. And, you know, retiring batters like they're nothing. Also, you know, I bet you just Blake Stell just now. Yet again, a great interview for our guy Blake Stell on Sunday night. That was really a lot of fun. Um, he's just... He just seems like he enjoys it. I feel like he everyone's starting to come around to the fact that Snell is a really pretty uh, great interview to Fun Clubhouse guy. He said the least funny was Chris Paddock for sure, uh, which I thought was very funny. I think that a lot of people expected that. very The intensity of Chris Paddock, who, by the way, had a decent start on Saturday going four innings only if he got one run, by the way. So that was... That was nice to see. Paddock has been, I, I'm tell, I use this term almost way too much, but Ben Not Break is literally Chris Paddock this year. He's just, he's not getting absolutely torched, but he's not been great either. Uh, I know that a lot of people are wondering if he's a bullpen guy, potentially in the future of his career. He's still a little bit too young to be making assumptions like that, but still uh, love to see that. And I'm really hoping that this momentum carries into the series with the Rockies, with the Padres not having their number, you know, their ace kind of starters for the series. Now they have them against the Rockies at home, which means that you don't have to worry about the potential Coors Field, uh, like the the negative being detrimental to the Padres. Because while it was great for us last week, for the most part, you sometimes wonder, oh no, that Darvish could go in there and get absolutely torched. It happens to everybody. It happened to Clayton Kershaw on like his first start of the year this year. Um, so that's a kind of a good sign, and hopefully they can shut down the Rockies and keep the momentum going. And then you've got this Mariners series coming up. Mariners had a little bit of a hot start. They also had a hot start last year, and I think the year before. They really like starting off pretty hot, but that's still a rebuilding team. I know that Jared Kalenic just got called up, but still, that's just only one guy, and I'm not really worried about the Mariners so it's a nice decent stretch and then we play Milwaukee again which is a tough team to hit against even if it's not tough to prevent them from scoring so nothing really crazy on the horizon this was such a great series win this is the best team the Cardinals that the Padres will be playing for a little bit of time at least the next kind of interesting series like I said will be Milwaukee and then Houston after that Houston's going to be interesting May 28th is when that series starts but that's really far in the future Uh, and I want to talk about a couple more things for the future but before we do that guys I want to talk to you about betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season in full swing, and you can track all the action at BetOnline. Remember, oh, you know, I always say, be careful on betting individual games, but you can do that, and you can get all the latest news and odds and info for all your sporting needs, not only for baseball, but the NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC, MMA action. We got the NBA playoffs starting up this week. That should be a lot of fun. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Remember to use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, guys, your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, last kind of bit of the podcast. A little, like I said, not too much today because if I'm being perfectly honest with you, I don't have too many unique takes on what happened this weekend. The Padres lineup is super deep, and we saw that. We saw all these guys making good plays, uh, even some of the guys that they had to call up, like O'Grady and Tucapita Marcano and Kivlahan and all these guys, right? Like, there's been so many people that have stepped up for this team so far, and it's been lovely to watch. So it's not like I have too many unique takes. It was a surprising one, and what's so great is for them to come out of this series with a sweep. I mean, them coming out of this just winning 
a game would have been cool, and then winning two games would have been very cool. The sweep is just over this world. And through the fact that they are missing so many guys in their lineup right now, and the fact that you have Colorado coming up and then Seattle, those are some teams that I'm okay with being a little bit shorthanded against. The Cardinals, not as much, but those teams definitely for sure. And one thing I want to talk about, actually, is, is yesterday's, yesterday's game. I'm stumbling a lot today. My bad, guys. Yesterday's game featured, yet again, some drama. And it pertains to Mr. Manny Machado. Now, I talked about a month or so ago. I think it was after the Rangers series because the Rangers broadcasters were annoying me because they brought up the, the I'm no Johnny Hustle comment that he made famously uh, before heading into free agency back in 2017 or whatever it was, right? And I really didn't like those comments because at least for the dirty play side of Manny Machado, there's a little bit more of a history to it. You have the Dustin Pedroia thing, which I sometimes think that the Boston fans really over-exaggerate that one. I'm not saying it wasn't bad. I'm just saying they're acting like he literally, you know, ate a super mega mushroom and then stepped on the guy's ankle. Like, that was, like, relax. The Jesus Aguilar one was bad. The thing with Donaldson was bad. Like, he's had his bad moments, do not get me wrong, Manny Machado, I mean. But sometimes, the Destin Pichero way gets a little bit out of control, especially since the Red Sox thought that it gave them the right to throw at Manny Machado, not just once, but, like, for the rest of his career, apparently, because the Red Sox, you know them. They're, they're perfectly immune to... Uh, dirty plays and all that stuff. But anyway, before I get too carried with the Boston Haterade, yesterday we had more of the Manny Machado dirty play narrative arise. I saw a John Boy Media tweet about it, which granted they did put some context below, but he had a slide running into Tommy Edmond at one point in the game where a routine kind of ground ball where Tommy Edmond happened to be running within the baseline, I should say, that Manny Machado was running to the second base, and Manny kind of did a little slide thing, kind of ducked or whatever, and it took Tommy Edmond out, and he fell over him and all that stuff, and then wasn't able to complete any type of double play or anything like that. And from what I understand and what everybody else has looked up, and I didn't even need to look this up, you can do that. Like, that's fine. Edmond ran into where Manny Machado was running. He was either going to run out of the way like he would have to pull a Chase Utley, but in the not in the sliding version, but just get out of the way totally. Or he could have done that and prevent a guy from getting to first base. It's not it doesn't you're not required to make the infielder's job easier as you're running to second base. That's not how baseball works. And of course some people are gonna and also they're gonna ignore the fact that right after the play, Manny's checking to see if the guy's alright, which is the same thing that he did to Dustin Pedroia, by the way, back in the day. So I just found that to be a, a little frustrating. I feel like people kind of are fully acknowledging that it wasn't a dirty play, but still, before this gets out of control, which I don't think it has been, doesn't feel like it has been, everyone, it was a fair slide, nothing wrong with it, just because it's Manny Machado doesn't really mean that you automatically have to assume every time, I get it, I get that he has a history, but he hasn't really done anything dirty, basically ever since he's been with the Padres, to be perfectly honest with you. Ever since he signed the big contract, he's been fine. There's been nothing to complain about with Manny Machado. And I don't like the hustling narrative because it's stupid. The guy is, if he if he got out of the way of that runner, everyone would say, oh, classic Manny Machado. He just let the guy tag him out. There's no hustle Manny and all that stuff again. It's like, oh my God, you guys got to find a new slant, man. But more importantly, instead of this non-story, really, uh, is that the Padres inch closer to being back on top of the NL West leaderboard. After this, they're only a half game back of the Giants and the Dodgers. They're two games ahead of the Dodgers, actually, right now. Dodgers' biggest story of the weekend, or at least one of the big stories of the weekend, was two things. Not only did they bring in Albert Pujols, which I think may coincide with the fact that Corey Seager uh, broke his hand on a hit-by-pitch. That was awful, and low-key... 
talk about the Padres getting really unlucky. We have the Lamette thing. We have the Tatis thing. But the Dodgers have had a crap ton of injuries. And the fact that they're still this good. I'm not doing this Dodger-loving thing. Don't send me any things on Twitter. But I'm just saying, uh, goes to show you how really great that team is, uh, considering how hurt they've been. And hilariously enough, a guy that I feel like a lot of people were expecting to be bad for them, Trevor Bauer, he's been great this year so far. He's carrying a 2.2 ERA so far. He's been... He's been one of their main consistent sources of production uh, so far. But with Corey Seager on the IL, along with Cody Bellinger, Edwin Rios is on the IL, Dustin May is obviously out for the season, which many people talked about. Tony Gonsolin's still not back for them yet. They've been dealing with a whole lot of injuries so far, and hopefully the Padres can take advantage of that. They can use this to kind of uh, expand their lead, because I'm not expecting the Giants to be able to keep this up for too much longer. I do think the Giants are an interesting team. I think they're somewhere in the between overperforming and being like legit. I think they're in a little bit somewhere in between there. I do think that they have some good players and I think Yastrzemski is starting to heat up a bit for them. So uh, expecting the Giants to be good for sure. And we don't play them for what feels like an eternity. We're not playing them or the Dodgers for a while now. But even still, I think it's been a pretty exciting uh, go of things for the last week, guys, I must say. And now before we kind of wind out today's very easy, easing back into the week pod, uh, let me talk to you really quickly about the Locked On Today podcast. You can get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast, guys. The legendary host, Peter Bukowski, leg- iconic man, just an absolute titan of a man. He updates you on the latest news at every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Even I appear on that old thing every now and then. So, guys, yes, very small episode today. Not much to talk about, in my opinion, in terms of what this means for the future of the team, but still very exciting. For the rest of this week, some cool stuff on the line. Uh, hoping to have some guests, and one that I know for sure that will be coming on is Mr. Sean Sears, who is an old uh, an old friend of mine. He used to host the Lockdown Cubs podcast. Um, he no longer does. He's doing some radio stuff. He's working them night shifts, ladies and gentlemen. He's going to come on, and we're just going to... We may or may not, because of our uh, fandom of Spider-Man, get into that every now and then. But most importantly, we'll be talking about you, Darvish, and how he feels the Cubs sort of thing has been going so far in terms of how clearly they ripped off the Cubs with that deal and how much of a steal it was. And then I'm going to be talking to him about, even more importantly, Chris Bryant and whether that guy not only... Uh, was was I right about my prediction that he was going to be awesome this year, but also whether or not he's going to really be on the table for trade conversations. And I know that Mr. Anthony Burris, who I keep mentioning a lot because he was at the Apple Podcast Review section, he brought this up as part of his questions. That's what's kind of prompting this. So shout out to you, Anthony. You got this thing going uh, together. So that should be a lot of fun. And of course, I'll be recapping the, the Colorado games and whatnot that happened over the course of the week. And then Thursday's a day off. So still a lot of fun. And also, um, this Friday... Cool little announcement. Cool little uh, announcement. A cool thing. Uh, I can't talk too much about it. Um, It has to do with me. It's a big baseball thing. Very big baseball thing. And I think you guys are really going to like it. Uh, It's a big, big initiative. And I'm super, super amped for it. I've been working on it for a while now with a bunch of other people. And like I said, I really think you guys are going to like it. More on that as the week goes on. Might have some more people to talk about that as the week goes on. But until then, guys... That's it. That about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, where you get your podcast from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. 
Send some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcast app with a review. Uh, and also in the review, send a question that you might have, and I guarantee you it will be answered here on the show. And follow the show or myself on Twitter. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.